Well, we're just going to dive right in here this morning, Remy. And if you give me a minute, I'm going to tell you why. Um, and I wanted to tell you in the worst way, but then I felt like it probably wouldn't be as funny if I just like put it on you and shock and awe you. So as you know, I was in Utah this weekend and on Sunday morning, I'm, or no, it was Sunday night. I'm billing out in Joel Berkshire sitting there. And he said, well, Miss Breck, what are you and Remy going to talk about this week on Coffee with the Cowgirls? And I said, I don't, I'm not sure yet. I haven't had a chance to talk to her about it. He goes, I'm just going to make a suggestion. I hate your intro. And I'm like, it's not the, uh, that's not the only thing, morning, that, that's not the only thing that Joel hates about our, uh, hates about our podcast. <laughs> I'm like, good morning. That's not efficient. It's so, I mean, it sounds like it's appropriate for what we're going about ready to talk to the time of the day. So I've thought a lot about it and I'm like, um, well, I would, Joel never told me what he thought would be an appropriate intro. I mean, are we supposed to crow like a chicken? Thought about that. Uh, it's a, so like one of my favorite podcasts is something called morbid podcast. And, uh, they have like band, it's a, it's like, uh, it's technically an aunt and a niece, but they like grew up like sisters. So they banter in the beginning. And so when they started their podcast, it was like 50-50, except for I love their banter in the beginning because it lets me know what's going on in their life. That is what I told him. I'm like, we like the banter because uh, it gets us going. Joel has a lot of opinions on our podcast. So I'm glad that you only told me that one. I smile and not. You know, Joel Brookshire, if you are listening, call me back. I leave you a voicemail just out into the void and you don't call me back well i'm gonna tell kelly to make sure that her dad listens to this podcast and um yeah love to hear his feedback on what he thinks our intro should be he told me because i had my dogs with me and he he had my dog and he goes i bet that you don't like it when they do that either it was funny it was funny so anyhow, you had a good weekend, Remy? I did have a good, what did we do this? I don't know what we did this weekend. We did, oh, we had a birthday party. That was fun. Um, there was a lot of boys from the baseball team that we went to a birthday party for. And then I stalked you guys all on the Sword Arena app while you were in Utah. I am such a psycho about the app as well. I wonder what I did with my time before the app. I, I love it because I like well, I just like all the people that we know. I'm like, oh my God, you're doing so good. I like being the cheerleader. Yeah, so I, uh, so I stopped you all at days of 47 and um, I'm just trying to survive the heat right now. Yes, it is um, definitely summer in Minnesota as well. Well, I have, we're home, which we drove straight through. It's 18 hours, it's a little bit of a drive. I got a kink in my neck because I'm not as young as I once was, and it's hard to sleep in a truck. My kid is sick. Bronson has strep throat and ear infection, and I don't remember what else. And sassy pants disease. Yeah, sassy pants disease. <laughs> I actually have no idea. Um, <laughs> and Brandon was back on the road again all last night, and he didn't get home until 6 a.m. this morning, so. You are living the dream right now. All right, so we can get into our topic quickly for Mr. Brookshire. Yeah, I, he kills me. 
Call me back, Joel, or text me back. I just leave voicemails into the abyss, hoping <laughs> for you to um, So there's lots of people having babies. And uh, we're going to talk about what we wish we would have known, what we think better of. Uh, look at that. Because my oldest is 11. My youngest is six. And I have four of them. So people call me a lot for advice. And I was like, you shouldn't call me for advice. I'm just out here winging it. Well, what is super funny is that when um, Remy said we should have this conversation today, I was like, you know what? That is a good idea and something I never really thought of. Um, and we started talking about it. And both of her and I love our own kids, but are not like, I don't even know how to say it without sounding so bitchy, but we're not the ones who are screaming or running around after the baby's trying to hold them. I don't, that's never been me. Yeah. So, uh, I think I told you the story yesterday, but it was the, um, we had our pizza party for all stars for our nine U team and my, and Trent's eight U team coach was there and he has a little baby girl. And so he and his wife, and they like put her in like the seat and they had like the stuff in front of her so she could play. And then she started crying. He and his wife were trying to eat chicken wings. I was like, hey, I and like the baby's crying. I was like, I'll hold your baby. Cause then his wife's like trying to hold her and eat chicken wings. And like, you can't eat chicken wings and hold a baby. And I was like, oh, I can hold your baby. And he's like, well, you don't need to, but if you want to. And I was like, no, I like, I, I have no problem holding your baby. I'm not the person that wants to hold your baby. I want to hold your baby so you can for eat you. chicken Like, you. it's not for me that I'm holding the baby. I'm holding the baby for you. And then his wife's like, man, she was really good. She quit crying for you. I was like, I, again, it's not that I can't make babies not cry. It's just don't confuse that I have children for the fact that I like children. Yes, me too. I love my own, but <laughs> I'm getting sick as well. Um, I agree. I agree. And I was thinking about this um, after you started the whole baby conversation. I got to thinking about this. As many things today, that being a mom has changed a lot for some. And I say that because I look around and we do this with our kids and a lot of different levels, me included, not with the baby thing yet, but... We don't think that our kids can do things, right? Like adequately. So a lot of us step in and help them to make sure it's done right. And it's happening with that next generation who's now having kids too. The parents are stepping in and helping out a lot more and not letting them make the mistakes maybe. I mean, I get it that some mistakes are could be very costly deadly I would never want that but um I do feel like in a lot of aspects in our lives I'm saying I do it as well because I would rather do the job myself than teach my kids how to do it because that's going to be done how I want it's going to be done right it's going to take me less time we're doing the same thing with our kids when it comes to the ones who are having the babies step yeah, in so my stepsister said that she, her mom was telling her something and it was not bad advice, not good. I can't even remember the advice, right? And my stepsister looks at her and she goes, 
would your would your mother have said any of those things to you? She's like, well, no, but, and she's like, just stop. Like, we don't have to agree. This is my, like, I'm free to raise my children as I want. Just, you don't have to, you don't have to give me advice on everything if it's not asked for. Well, and I think that what happens too is it's, um, we stop our kids from growing up because then they have no responsibility, right? And being a parent is a pretty major responsibility. And I don't know. I I see myself do it with my kids on some things. And I think it's like part of it is programmed who we freaking are. Because when I had kids, I mean, I never wanted to be a mom. Hey, that was not when I was in high school and elementary, I while the other girl, little girls are playing babies and dolls and shit like that. I mean, I was like, I'm good. Uh, I've never, I, that was not my dream. You can ask my parents. I was going to adopt. I, that was my plan was I would adopt. I was not having kids mostly because I'm a weenie about pain and I didn't want to go through it. And, uh, yeah. And then one day I was like, I do want kids and I'm so glad I had them, but I, I'm a pretty headstrong person. I'm also, also half feral. So when we had Bodie, I mean, I was in the hospital for four days and I went home by myself because Brandon was gone. I went home with the new baby. I wouldn't accept a lot of help. And I kind of think about it. Um, I think it's funny because women think, I've never been a mom before. What the heck am I going to do? I'm not going to know any of this stuff. It's like a, a dog who's having puppies for the first time. You know, they have the puppies and then it just like, they've done it a million times. I know exactly what to do. They clean them off. They, they're nursing. They keep them all balled up. I mean, I feel like women do the same thing when they're left to their own. Most women, not all, all dogs are good moms either, but I don't know. I felt like I knew exactly what to do once I got home. It might not have been the right way, but I did it and we were fine. Yeah. So I was like the worst world's worst pregnant woman because like I had stuff to do. So I would like walk by something and my belly would hit. And I was like, if it wasn't for this goddamn belly in my way, I could get more stuff done. So, you know, I didn't Did have you to resent it when you were pregnant? I mean, you didn't. No, it like, it, I mean, it wasn't like resentful. It was just annoying. Right. Like I didn't like being pregnant. I liked the outcome of the pregnancy. I didn't like being pregnant, but I think too. So like, right. Society tells you that you should, and you see all the movies and the commercial, just like everything, right. Everything looks better on TV. That you're going to glow and you're going to love it. And this is going to fill your cup. And I was like, it's fucking hot. I'm huge. I'm swollen. I'm uncomfortable. I can't sleep. And for some, I, for me, it was always, a, and it was all part of it was a mental thing, right? I was used to being efficient. I was used to being helpful. And now I can't help process cattle because we use a pour on worm where it's meant to, directly, to go directly through your skin. You shouldn't be touching oh, yeah. that. You know, you shouldn't be touching this. You can't do that. So for me, that was a hard part was not um, being able to be helpful, really. And I still wrote a lot in my pregnancies. I still did a lot of stuff. But 
it was tough on me to not, um, to not be in full control of my body. And again, I didn't like, I, it wasn't the, some people look amazing pregnant. I just looked fat and tired and sweaty. I did too. With Bodhi, I was unrecognizable because I carried so much weight or water weight with him. Swollen, the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. And then, uh, they tell you, um, so I remember I, uh, we went to like one of the, we only went to one birthing class. Right. And, uh, they're showing like all this stuff that could like all the things are going to put on you, the fetal heart monitor, all this stuff. And then there's like this long white stick. that has got a little screw on the end. Like, Oh, if you can't get the fetal heart rate through the belly monitor. They're going to slide this in you and they'll screw it into the top of their head and it'll be great. And I look at James. I was like, I don't want that. Right. I don't want that. Uh, all four pregnancies. I had that all four. And, uh, and all it is is like a little scab when they come out. But, um, when I had Kyle, they had to do that because I don't know, I'm built wrong. So I had to have the fetal heart monitor that goes inside and attaches to their scalp. And James is like, you're doing really great. Right. And I'm watching this white stick, not really progress out of my body. And I was like, stop lying to me. I have like a physical marker that I'm not doing great. That the baby is not coming any faster than I'm pushing. So, um, I did not have bad deliveries, but again, right. Like you're sitting in a hospital room hoping for the fucking best every time. Yeah. <laughs> you did, I, you had a, a C-section. You were, I did have a C-section because yeah. Bodhi was a toddler when he, came <laughs> <out>. <laughs> he could walk. Um, and I, I would rather not know what's about to come. So I did not do any of the classes. If I, if I would have done that Remy and they would have showed me that stick, I, Brandon had to force me to get in the car when I had Bronson. I'm like, I'm not doing it again. And he goes, I think it's a little late for that now. I'm like, I don't, I can't. If I know what's coming, it's 10 times worse for me. I would rather not know. Yeah. Uh, what happened with Kyle too is I went in to be induced. They didn't give me the, they didn't give me all the drugs to induce me. And I went into labor on my own. Like I went in to be induced, but I ended up going into labor on my own in the hospital. And uh, I didn't have like a, like I had like an hour and a half of hard labor. And so the whole team comes in and they're scrubbed up. And when we had walked in the night before, like when we checked in the night before, cause it was like a really bad cruise line. Oh, we walked in the night before we're walking by this room and I hear the doctors talking to the woman. They're like, well, you tried for 12 hours. So now we're going to have to do a C-section. And so we get in the room and James is like, not kind of making eye contact with me. Well, he didn't want to acknowledge that he'd heard that that person had to have a C-section because he didn't want me to worry about having a C-section. And I was like, did you hear that? She's been pushing for 12 hours and still hasn't had a baby. She's going to have to have a C-section. He's like, it'll be fine. Right. And it wasn't like, I am not, it's not because of like some feminine connection to having like a vaginal birth. Yes. I did not want to do the rehab for having a C-section. Like that's the only reason it had nothing to do with like any other connection. I just want to do the rehab. Well, so I think, um, it's different for every woman, obviously, but, uh, my, like, because 
all women, all people are different. And knowing myself, I knew that like it would be do me no good to know all the pros, cons, the potential things that could happen, the dangers, the what ifs. That would keep me up at night worrying about everything. Um, I was fine having a C-section, Remy, because I did not want to push anything out. I was I didn't want to do that because that sounded like that would hurt really, really bad. I don't like needles. Um, I was not going to have an epidural. That was one thing I was not going to do. But when you're in the heat of the moment and you're in the midst of the battle, you are like, give me that motherfucking thing right now. Like, I was begging for it. And I liked it. And I was like dead set. That's I'm not having that because that needle. Uh, my uh, first delivery, the anesthesiologist, I like I'm shaking. I don't know. Also, this happened to me only in my first delivery. I couldn't open my eyes once I went into labor. Like it was hard for me to open my eyes. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, so um, he comes in and he's like, "Oh, I'm here for the epidural." And James like, "Okay, you're gonna have to sit up." And the guy's like, "Yeah, she doesn't have to sit up. I've been doing this for 20 years on my knees. Like I figured out how to give an epidural to women without making them sit up." So it was great. And then he came in when I was in the middle of like like the last push for delivery. And he's telling James, he goes, just keep clicking the pen because like the epidural. Same thing, epidurals aren't the same as they used to be, right? Like my mom had them, you were numb and that was it. Now like it's like on a pen, like it clicks, like a pain deal. And he comes, so the anesthesiologist comes in and tells James, he's like, just keep clicking. She can't click right now, just keep clicking it for her. So yeah, with Kyle, I, it was easy. I, I really only had to push for like an hour and a half, but whole team comes in because they are scrubbed up to do someone else's c-section and the doctor's like yeah if you don't do this like right now we'll be back in like another hour and a half and I was like done <laughs> so uh James said you could see like the light come over my eyes and he's just like you're like all right let's go gonna have the baby and then I pushed him out like three pushes after that so uh that was fun but I was talking to, I was talking to someone the other day and again this is different than the generation before me is like they used to always have episiotomies right now they want you to tear naturally i still had to have an episiotomy it makes me want to puke talking about that I can't I can't hear, but this is important brett this is important for people so um i mean i'm done having kids and i'm getting anxiety I, right look, now we have more than our audience Breck. so They'll tell you you want to tear naturally. Uh, girls, just tell them that if it's not working out to cut it, because if it doesn't, then um, you'll end up with more than natural tearing. So I had to have an episiotomy because Kyle was also a toddler coming out. And uh, it was fine. I mean, it was also, better. there's just nothing wrong with the C-section. The recovery There's is not also that bad. nothing wrong. I told you why I didn't want to do it. And like some people don't want to do it because they feel like there's not the right connection also talking to I think that that is the main thing I think yeah. a lot of women feel I like there's no connection I didn't want to deal with um rehabbing my cord right I went home from the hospital by myself I was literally after I was at home with a new baby new mom for a week I was fine I did all of the chores but I'm hard-headed like that like I I was it through it and I was fine and and the reason that we're talking about it too is there's like so much mom guilt. It's the same thing about breastfeeding, right? So 
I watched a bunch of my friends struggle with breastfeeding, take medication, try and bring it all in. And I also- And it makes them super sad. It does. So I had no emotional attachment to breastfeeding. So I told James before we had kids, I go, if I can't breastfeed, like even before I had Kyle, right? We had a box of formula ready to go. Cause I go, if I can't breastfeed, I'm not, I'm not going on medication to make this happen. I'm not like stressing out about it. No, it's not worth, it's not worth it because you know, again, my generation was raised on formula because formula was supposed to be better than breastfeeding. Well, and every woman is different and you can yeah. change your diet and every baby is different. Bodhi, um, I have this written down because it is kind of funny. Uh, Remy, he was so big. I could not, I could not produce enough milk to keep that child fed. So I don't even know if he was a month old. We were putting cereal in his bottle because that was the only way we could keep him full, you know? And let me tell you, that came from Brandon's mom. Brandon's mom's the one who told me to do it. And I'm like, oh, the doctor's yeah, saying, yeah, absolutely. Doctor saying, Don't do it. And Don't also, do it. we're not giving you medical advice at all. So. Yeah, no, let me, yes, let me be clear. I'm not telling you to give your kids formula or give your kids cereal because you should not probably, I don't know. It worked for mine. He was freaking starving. I couldn't, between formula and breast milk there, I couldn't. And But I did try hard with Bodhi to, I think I made it for six months. Like, so breastfeeding. Kyle, again, right? The, all babies are different. So breastfeeding was never a problem for me. I always produced enough milk, not because it, not because of something I did, just that was my body. I produced enough milk, right? I didn't have to do extra things. Like, I'm not saying that breastfeeding was easy for me because I it inherently did something correct. No, it was just, I lucked into having it work, right? So, so like you were able to produce enough. Milk. Oh yeah, milk, no problem. All my babies latched on, no problem. But, so Kyle, I breastfed exclusively for nine months and I'll tell you why because he would nurse for 15 minutes, be full, gain enough weight, and be good for four hours. He was the world's easiest baby, right? I like, by the time my boobs hurt for him to nurse, he was just getting hungry. Brayden, I produced just as much milk, would nurse for 45 minutes, not drink quickly, and be hungry again 45 minutes later. So yeah. I still breastfed him for about, six months and I pumped a bunch with him. And that's why I know I was producing enough milk because I'm pumping at the same time as I'm feeding him and I'm producing all this milk, but he was a grazer. He did not like, he just wasn't the kid that latched on and got done. And then Trent and uh, Clayton were more like Kyle where they, they ate faster, but also after Kyle, I didn't give, like I had formula. I think Brayden started getting formula around six months. Trent was three or four months and same thing. I would nurse at night just cause it was easier. Cause I didn't want to go and make the other reason my breastfed is not, uh, also for ease, right? I didn't want to have to wash bottles. What, one of the things I will say about breastfeeding though, especially if you are a woman who is on the go or extremely driven breastfeeding is hard because it takes a lot of time and a big commitment. And I think that if I remember, I mean, I don't remember everything, but I think that I was kind of getting like half-ass depressed because I was like, the only thing I'm getting done is breastfeeding the kid. Being this kid. Yeah. What? 
You're feeding this fucking kid. That's all I'm doing. That's all you're doing. That is what it felt. If you weren't feeding them, you were pumping. And if you weren't, because that, uh, like, I just, Bodhi, I wasn't able to produce enough milk for. I feel like Bronson I was, but I was so over breastfeeding by the time I got, like, to two to three months with Bronson. I was like, screw it. I'm doing formula. Because I couldn't, it just felt never ending. And I didn't like that feeling. Well, and I, and I, I think, feel like I'm a great mother, but I just didn't like that. But I think that's how the world's changed too, right? Is like you didn't used to be able to say those things. So um, I didn't really have postpartum depression. I had a little bit of baby blues, but not not really bad. But I do remember with Brayden, I had pumped. I had like eight ounces pumped from one sitting. And I put it down because he was still nursing <laughs> on the other side. So I put it down in the nursing chair and I turned to go do something and it spilled. And I remember just sobbing i was like there was so much milk and work because you know how much work it took to get that yeah but there's mom guilt about that right should i breastfeed should i formula feed if i don't like breastfeeding because not everyone likes breastfeeding right not everyone's comfortable i was the person and if you know patty bray you can ask him because he still uh gives his son shit because i didn't think about it like i was not the person that was like super secretive about breastfeeding. Like I'd put something over, but like I'd whip a boob out to feed my kid. And uh, I did it in Patty's house in front of his son. And he, I, he's an adult. Like the, it's, I didn't, I didn't traumatize a small child, but he was just like, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, if this, if this is sexual to you, like, I don't, I can't help you. Like, this is not, this is the least sexy yeah. thing ever. But there's mom guilt about right that. Like I should breastfeed. What if I don't like breastfeeding? Look, you don't have feed your kid. Feed your kid. It doesn't matter there's how this, you feed your there's kid. There's this whole thing, right? Like it fed is best or breast is best. I'm gonna tell you, you can say all of the things that are great about breastfeeding. It is not worth your mental health or your child. Cause I've seen some guys halfway starve their kids because they're waiting for the milk to come in and they don't want to give them formula because then the kids won't eat as much and that'll like create the tailspin of not enough milk coming. And um, I just like everything else, when it comes to motherhood, everybody's got a freaking opinion on everything. And at the end of the day, you have to do what is best for you, you and your kid. But um, I, I mean, you know, I had girlfriends too, that they were like part dairy cow. They, they freaking had chest freezers, Remy of breast milk when they're, they were still feeding their kid breast milk at a year old. And I'm like, I'm going to be honest. I didn't freeze anything because again, I wasn't that motivated. Like there was times that I would pump just to like, because my boob, my boob just hurt. I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get rid of milk. Well, I was working a full-time job when I was trying to, you know, so I had to, I had to take a cooler. I mean, it was a big commitment. I had to take a cooler on the road. I was trying to pump while driving. That's not a great idea. Let me tell you. It's also you. super great sound, isn't it? The breast pump. The yeah. When you try to talk to people on the phone, like, what is that? Uh, nothing. Mm. <laughs> Don't worry about it. My CPAP no. machine. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that, so I was talking to a, another girlfriend that is halfway through the, her next pregnancy. And she was talking about, I, she goes, this time I'm going to ask for help. Because I remember talking to her after her first kid was born. And I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's great. I love having a baby. And I was like, mm. I love being a mom. <laughs> so I called her mom and I'm like, oh, is she good? And she's like, yeah, she's great. And I was like, I don't, okay. 
I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't. It, it worked with Christine because she was close enough to where I could like force myself upon her to take my help. But yeah. with this girl, it didn't help. And then she goes, well, looking back, I realized I cried like a lot, like a lot more than I thought. But again, when you're in the throes of battle, right? I'm not sad. I'm not that sad. Everyone's sad after they have a kid. I'm just sad because of this. And you're like, so if you're, if you're sad after having a baby, be honest with your partner be honest with yourself because baby blues and postpartum depression aren't the same thing. And she goes, look back. She goes, I just thought I had to do all of it. Right. I couldn't ask for help. And the thing is she has, uh, most of us have a support system, not everyone, but most of us have a support system. Ask for help. People are more than willing to to just help. Women are built differently though. When it comes to that kind of stuff, I get that. Um, I feel like it was a major change for me from my first child to my second child. And um, with Bodhi, I mean, Bodhi was with me all the time, like, because I don't have family here. Brandon's family is a half hour away from here. So it's not like, it wasn't ever like I had help. I always had help if I asked for it, but I didn't have like readily available help. Like somebody wasn't five miles down the road. So when, and Brandon was gone a lot at that time, a lot more than he is now, pretty much every weekend. And so I would just always take Bodie with me to the barn. He would either be in my truck with the truck running with the window down or in a stroller locked on the scale. Cause at that time we were at the sale barn. Um, but Brandon's mom also had him a lot so I could travel with Brandon too on the weekends. But when I had Bronson, it, it changed immensely. And I was probably more like a first time mom with Bronson which is probably also why I act like I do towards him now um, than I ever was with Bodhi. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think I just, and every kid is different. I think that's the other thing too. Every kid is different, right? Um, like uh, the first, they always joke that the first one tricks you. Cause like if they were all like Kyle, Kyle was like easy. easy, easy. Uh, Brayden was colicky. He, screamed a lot just didn't want to be held didn't want to nurse just uh and Trent was pretty easy and then uh Clayton just raised himself I don't I mean and my mom I it's like the Amish or something Remy that <laughs> kid's feral but you know it's it's one of those things right like I also recognized and I think it's because I'd had a few friends that had had pregnancy. So I recognized um, when I needed help, I asked for help. Um, I was really worried about postpartum depression because I already deal with depression. So I was ready for those triggers. Thankfully, that wasn't that wasn't my burden, you know, but I, I've dealt with it for, with other people. But I think that's more mom guilt, right? Like, I should love having a baby. I should, like, this should make me feel pink and fuzzy and warm. And I think some people, too, like, you struggle with connection. I didn't have that problem, but you see it with some people. They struggle with connection. I think part of it, too, especially for someone like you that was working full-time, right? You have a kid. You have a whole life before you have your kid. You have a whole job. You have a whole thing. And then you have this kid. And whether or not you feel warm and fuzzy about it, they are now the most important thing in your life. So not only do you have a whole new identity as a mother, you lose part of your identity. 
right? So now you're not the full-time working person. You're not doing this and you have to figure out how to make a baby fit into that part of your life. And no matter how much you plan or say it's not going to change or how you're going to do it, it still takes a big part of your identity away and you can get it back, but it takes part of your identity away. And I think for women that are used to working, whether it's from home or for themselves or for a company, that's a big wake up call that you are no longer just responsible for you and maybe your husband, right? You're responsible for a whole ass Mm -hmm. life. Well, what happened for me is Bodie's 15 and Bronson's 11. So when I had Bronson, I was just starting to get my life back to a manageable point, right? Like it was easy to do things again. Bodhi was pretty, you know, he was probably potty training or potty trained and he was eating solid foods, whole foods. Life was easy. And then Bronson came around and it became hard again. You know, just when I thought I was getting my life back. Yeah. And that's such a terrible thing to say, and I hate even saying it now. I felt like it got it taken away again. And, but I mean, I had a very strong connection with both my kids, but after when Bronson came, um, I got to the point where I was just so scared, Remy. I, I did have postpartum. I got to the point where I was so scared. I never wanted to leave them. I was a person who always traveled. I went where Brandon went places with Brandon. Um, I I did not go anywhere. I was too scared to leave those kids at home alone. Well, not alone, but with other people. Yeah. I didn't want to, um, and that is why Bronson is probably so attached to me today, is because I did not let the help in. I was more like a first time mom with Bronson than I was Bodie. And I was a very good mom to Bodhi. And we were very close. We are very close today. But I accepted help with Bodhi. I did not accept help with Bronson. And I didn't accept help with either one of them once I had Bronson. Yeah, and I think that's uh, and I think that's the hard part, right? Because you won't recognize it in the moment. Right? You might not recognize it afterwards. Afterwards, right? But you get caught. And that's where I think postpartum is tough because... You just don't have, unless you have someone being an asshole to tell you, like, this is not normal, you and can... not even an asshole, maybe. And I, I'm, I'm saying an asshole because, right, like, if someone tells you they're fine and you don't want to be pushy, well, they're fine. They said they were fine, right? So you have to have the person that pushes through to say, I don't think they're fine. And, um, you know, I... I there's a lot of weird things that get tied into motherhood. And again, a lot of it is expectation, personal and societal, right? Um, I would agree with the societal. You look around and you're like. Yeah, because I should love this. Again, I should get that warm pink fuzzy. Look at how awesome of a mom they are. They're doing it all. But she's all put together. I mean, I felt like Raggedy Ann. I, I just didn't want to get dressed up, didn't want to get my hair done. Um, I I did not want to leave this property. I had Kyle at 8 o'clock on Wednesday morning. And then we had a Friday night lights that um, Friday at the house. And I uh, announced like three herds of Friday night lights. And someone's like, why are you out here? And I was like, because I can't stay in the house any longer. Like, 
I'm not out here for the whole night. He's asleep in the carrier and he was like in the, uh, I had him in the car with like the air conditioning going. But I was like, I just, I need for, you know, 20, 30 minutes to be me for just a minute. I know. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, and, and for some people being a mother is enough and that's great. Like it just isn't for me. And you I know? wish I was built. I mean, and like, I, I do, I see those women and I'm like, God, I wish I was that mom. Right. Because it, it, it's, um, and you do, you watch them just shine and be so happy. And I was like, am I broken? Maybe, you know, but it's, no, we're good moms in different ways. You know, um, I actually like the age that my kids are at right now. I love it. I love it. Um, they're so much fun. And yeah, I don't know. So um, this is this is the other thing you get asked, right? And you're probably not going to remember. I mean, I'm closer to having kids than you are. I know. Uh, they always ask you, like, there's always a list. What do you need? I'm out on I the diaper. I thought about this. We talked okay, about so this I'm out on the like... diaper. I'm out on the diaper, Jeannie. Uh, they still smell. You're better off just tying diapers into, like, you know, your grocery bags and throwing them away than having a machine that's supposed to stop the smell. And it doesn't. It just masks the smell, and it's not great. Uh, honestly, like, I didn't have a lot of stuff for my kids, right? I had... Probably just necessities, like I did. I did, like, I did. I had the pack and play, right? I had like the swing, which didn't work for all my kids. Like half my kids loved it, the other half didn't. Like with the vibrating deal and the swing, yeah. Um, and I had like four diaper bags just because we had one for each vehicle and the horse trailer. But like for me, honest to God, if I like, and I do the same thing. Like when I make my gift baskets <laughs> for people that are pregnant, uh. I put in nipple cream because even if you don't breastfeed, even if you don't, they get really sore, right? So it's like a like a it's like a lanolin based like lotion that keeps your nipples soft. Uh, Which hazel because if you have a baby out of your hoo ha, um, it hurts to pee. So we uh, put witch hazel on pads and they have them, but I just give people witch hazel. Also, side note. A friend of ours um, that you know, but I won't say her name. She, uh, she, witch hazel worked great for her on the first one, right? So she goes to the store for her next one. She gets witch hazel. She got witch hazel mixed with um, isopropyl alcohol, and she was like, "Why is this not helping?" Because it like it it, it, it burned. <laughs> so if you get witch hazel, make sure it's just it's just hundred percent witch hazel. Oh my god! And. Uh, Take home the squirt bottle that they give you at the hospital to um, spray on your stitches when you pee. And a heating pad. Honest to God, that's all I needed. A heating pad? A heating pad. I needed a heating pad. I needed some nipple cream and some witch hazel, and I was good to go. Also, don't take, like, 19 outfits to the hospital because... No. I was not a planner like any of that, like... I don't even remember if I, I don't remember. I don't remember. The only thing that I could remember that I wrote down, like, of something that's out of the ordinary that I had with my boys that was important to me is I did have a SIDS monitor. Um, and it was just peace of mind because we had a couple friends 
right around the same time that I was having babies that they had kids die of that. So, um, and I don't know, I'm sure whatever they, I'm sure that they still have them today. And I'm sure that they're, they're very cute now. They like a little flower that you put on there. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, I did not have that. Mind. I tried right. the baby monitors. I couldn't do that either because they freak me out. The baby monitors freaked you out? Oh, I had yeah. those. With the cameras? Uh, but no, I mean, don't listen to me because then my kids ended up all sleeping in my room. Like when we moved back to the big house, the crib was in my room. So like, I didn't need My that. kids slept with me too. And I did like, um, and I think that they still have them. It's probably better today, but the boppy pillows. So I love boppies. That's like, it's one of those things that's up for debate, right? Because people, people use them incorrectly or honestly, bad things just sometimes happen. Accidents happen. So, uh, I use them around me. Like I I use them around me because it's easier. Also shout out to the women that can breastfeed and walk around at the same time. Cause I couldn't stand and breastfeed. I had to be like seated, ready to stick a, yeah, me too. But I've seen women do it and I was like, power to you. I, to you. Yeah. That's, I'm not good at it. I wasn't, I wasn't good at it. But, I think um, a lot of women, they worry. They worry that they're going to do it wrong. They. So that's what I was just going to say, right? The fact that you, this was, I've had this conversation with a couple of friends that didn't think they could get pregnant, end up being pregnant, like are now amazing mothers. And they would send me a message because in our like, extended group of friends I was the only one that had kids and I'd be like they're like well I'm worried about this I was like the fact that you're worrying about being a good mother means you will probably be a good mother yeah because (coughs) you're going to prepare in some way mentally you also cannot prepare for children because just when you think you got it figured out they come up with new things yeah but uh I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, just relax. It really will be okay. Um, my best friend, one of my best friends, she is, I think she's a year older than I am. She's 42 and she's got a 17 year old. And then she had Maddie, who is now like probably six or seven. And then she's got a little boy who is, um, he's three, two or three. How about I that? Was, I was glad to have mine all like 18 to 22 months apart. So there was always like more than one in diapers because I couldn't do that. I couldn't have like a whole ass kid raised and then have, have another more. family. Mm-mm. It was a blessing for her though, because she didn't think that she, she really wanted more kids and she didn't think that she could have more kids. And I will never forget when she came to me because it was like November and we were at a horse show and it was kind of cold, but not really cold. And she had on a vest and she's like, she come to the stall. I was getting a horse ready. And she's like, I got to tell you something. And I'm like, what? And she just like, when she unzipped the vest, I knew right away because the vest, it was so tight and she unzipped it and her belly popped out. And I was like, oh my God, you're pregnant. And she's like, I know, isn't it terrible? Yeah. I didn't want to tell anyone I was pregnant with Clayton. Didn't want to tell anyone. And uh, we were in Winnemucca and Louis Gioni said something to me and I was like, fuck you, I'm not fat, I'm pregnant. 
Shit. Like, don't be an asshole. I'm not uh, You know, it's. Well, I have got to go because I have a lesson. But yes. So um, deep breath. So if you're pregnant, if you're planning on becoming pregnant, if you're newly dechilded of your uh, of your of your belly with now a baby, uh, take a deep breath. Ask for help. There's plenty of online resources, but also. There's plenty of people that will help you in your life, even if you don't think they will. Yeah, enjoy um, it. I mean, as much as I'm not, like, a baby person, like, I don't really care to hold other babies. I love my kids. I love motherhood. Um, it comes with all the trials and tribulations, but it's worth it in the end. And, and you don't need all the... Hey, you also don't need all the fancy shit they're going to try and sell you. If you want the no. fancy stuff, if you want it, get it. I'm just telling you. You usually don't, don't even use it, to be yeah. honest. I I didn't. I, uh, but, you know, also that's me as a person, so that's not. <laughs> so uh, it'll be okay. Good and, luck uh, to all the competitors at Elite Finals this week. Final. That's right. Yeah. Um, Utah, day, Utah Team Pinning Cup, Days of 47. We were there last week in Salt Lake City, Utah. Such a fun show. Um, highly recommend it. It was a really great time. Um, yeah. Big shout out to Cody Wood and all those who helped. Brittany Appenzeller, they did a fantastic job. Wow. And yeah. I'll be somewhere soon. I don't know where. It's hot. I don't want to do anything. I don't know. I'm going to be on vacation pretty soon. I got to go late. And I think we've got Mindy Barkwire next week, I think. Yeah. Once she gets back from, once she gets back from Alaska. So. Sounds like a fun time. It does. So until next week. Joel, if you have any suggestions on what our intro should be, we'd love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear from you again, Joel. I'm just out here begging for you to call me back. <laughs> <laughs> until next time, be bold. Be brave. Be humble. See you, ladies. Bye.